I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to the Three Bonus Points Podcast with George Osborne and Ryan King. Hello and welcome to the Three Bonus Points Podcast, fantasy football podcast all about the Premier League. Here we are, game week seven, and things are starting to settle down into a nice rhythm just as an international break approaches. Uh, isn't that how things go? Um, I'm Ryan Keeney and he is George Osborne, scorer of 171 points in game weeks five and six. Hello, everyone. That's a, a solid two weeks, George. It is a solid two weeks. It's a, it's particularly pleasing work considering it came off the back of a wild card. So there's that feeling of I've managed to bring in the right kinds of players, which is rather handy. But you know, you can you can never rest, Ryan. Fancy football, everything can feel as if it's going well, and then suddenly it can all fall apart before before your eyes. So I don't want to be getting too confident. Uh, I almost feel sorry that we weren't around last week, so you could have had a little bit more gloating about. An 84-point week, and then to follow it up with an 87-point week is um, pretty decent. It is, it is, and it was it was pretty easy. And, and the funny thing as well is that I did all of the the wildcard stuff, and then the, the the week after it was simply one relatively lazy transfer, which was simply switching Lukaku to Aguero and captaining him away against Crystal at home against Crystal Palace, and and there you go. That that was more than enough. That is why you get paid the big fantasy Premier League bucks. Exactly. Uh, quite a bit to cover. As I mentioned, we weren't around last week because real life got in the way and I had a lovely time in the south of France, so I do not apologise for it. Um, we're going to talk about uh, George's performance so far in, in the Fantasy Premier League, and particularly the last two weeks, as well as spending a little bit of time previewing this weekend's games and what might happen afterwards with the international break living. Is that all right with you, George? That sounds great to me. Cool. Let's get started with a little bit about how you think people should approach trying to match the top performers and, and maybe just sticking with them and, and getting big scores 
Sure, yeah. I was I was thinking about this a little bit. There were two things that made me think about this. The first was actually throwing back to a conversation we had earlier this season, just, just before essentially the season started, when we were talking about players who are averaging four points a match. And I was thinking about that and then looking at previous points totals that I'd achieved, including last season where I'd ended up, I think, with just under 2,300 points. And I was looking at that and thinking, if you're wanting to end up in the top 1% to 2% in fantasy football, how do you actually go about doing it? And, and, and what in particular do you need to be looking towards to actually get to that position? Because after about six weeks, I'm just outside the top 1%, which is obviously, you know, really good performance. But I've been a bit streaky. So I've had three 80 point plus weeks, which is obviously fantastic. And then I've had three weeks where I've been sort of settling in for sort of a mid to low 40s point score. So I've either tended to be in the top 100k, 150k, or I've been around 2.7 millionth. So it's kind of like, there's not much consistency there. So I was trying to think up, how do you actually get to the point where you'll get into that top top couple of percent? And I think what you need to be doing is that to do this, you need to set yourself a target each week of roughly 55 points to get there. And that might seem like quite a difficult thing to do, but I think there's ways that you can actually break that challenge down. Good. I mean, that's fine. I am now going back through mine, and I've been within between 45 and 65 all weeks except for week two when I got 22 so I'm <laughs> kind of there I think that's just let me down I need a big week to, to catch me back um, where I I mean to get 55 points actually doesn't seem that much I got 59 last week um, no relatively I'm not saying uh, good win but I kind of looking through my team I had a Ghazi and Ben Davis who didn't do very much uh, I had Ward Price and Armoy who didn't do very much and I, I kind of relied on solid weeks from the rest of, with De Bruyne, Eriksson, Salah, Lukaku all kind of getting being involved in one or two goals so it's not I mean it's not beyond the realms of possibility to do that on a regular basis no, and and it was it was this discussion about you know players who are averaging four points per match over the course of the season that, that acts as my starting point for this because although it's obviously pretty unlikely you're ever going to have a week where all 11 of your players score four points if you're working on 11 players score four points the captaincy is doubled you're already at 48 so if you're finding those really consistent point scorers then say you're seven off on average each week away from getting to that 55 total when you factor in things like your ability to play wild cards your ability for the free hits bench boost uh the triple captaincy as well and things like double game weeks which we'll obviously plan around you know there's going to be opportunities opportunities for you to score big to either bridge that gap or to make sure that every single week you're, you're scoring roughly there or thereabouts but the question about like how do you get there consistently if you're not expecting all 11 point 11 players to return there was something that i spotted in each of my um 80 plus weeks and it was simply that six players scored and the points were in general spread pretty evenly throughout the team so in almost every week where I was scoring 80 plus points I got at least two clean sheets from at least four or five defenders I managed to get two returns from midfield usually some sort of an assist but with a bonus attached to that and then usually it was a couple of goals or one striker scoring twice and then potentially them being the captain to, to essentially double that total upwards so what you're needing to think about then if that's the case and you're thinking about your 15 player squad 
when you're going into a game week, you know that if you're just relying upon six players to score you points every week, that's going to be a problem because, you know, players, I mean, even the very best strikers, if they're averaging a goal every other game, that's a really good return. So you need to be assuming that, say, at least half of your players are going to fail. So every week you need to be looking to have somewhere between eight or nine players in your team who you think, you know, 80, 90% chance they're going to get something. Um, that is obviously a challenge, but I think there's ways that you can mitigate around it. I mean, I think in particular, um, you know, when you're looking towards each different category of player, you just need to be thinking about what you can do to maximise the points from each of them. So last week, one of the reasons I think my total was so high is that I recorded a hell of a lot of bonus points. So Morata obviously got bonus points for, for, for his hat-trick. Aguero received bonus, but then so did David Silva. Um, I think I got a bonus from Christian Eriksen. And then interestingly, I got a three-point bonus from Phil Jones and I got a two-point bonus from, from Stephen Ward at Burnley. So, you know, when you're looking at that, I think what you need to be thinking is, obviously I want defenders who are going to be making clean sheets. We want forwards who are going to be scoring and we want midfielders who are contributing something, at least an assist, preferably a goal, maybe a couple of assists if it's good. But you need to also just be making sure that those are the kinds of players as well who will end up picking you up bonuses too. Do you think there's anybody even now that might be pivotal that come week 10 or 11, everybody in contention is going to have 30, 40% of the, the managers? I'm, I'm thinking somebody that's scoring bonus points in midfield that, that's relatively cheap. Well, I think David Silva is, is my standout pick. He's City's captain. He seems to be playing pretty much every game at the moment. And, and Guardiola's, you know, we've had this conversation before about Guardiola's relatively small squad. And if you're looking for someone who's going to be providing you essentially returns without breaking the bank too excessively, Silva... Mkhitaryan as well, who fortunately I've got both of them in my team, um, which, but both of them are producing a really decent number of assists and getting bonuses attached to them. Um, but then I think that it's about it's a case of looking for value elsewhere and trying to to find those opportunities. Someone like, for example, Cesar Aspilicueta, you know, he looks really expensive at six point five million, but in his last four fixtures, he's already managed to rack up three clean sheets and four assists. Um, and someone like that, you know, a defender consistently picking up clean sheets and adding a creative element to their game, they're going to be scoring you bonus points as well. So I think that's something really worth looking out for. And then in terms of what you're looking for in goal. You know, I think obviously you want your keeper to be potentially contributing towards your clean sheets, but you know, I'll bring it up again as I think I've done pretty much every week. A goalkeeper is not just about clean sheets; they're also about saves. So if you've got someone like Lucas Fabianski, for example, in goal at Swansea, who are relatively good defensively, um, they're not always going to keep a clean sheet. But in the games where they don't keep a clean sheet, Fabianski is likely to be busy. He's going to provide you with extra points here and there that will just push you towards that magic total every single week. Mm, yeah, that's fair. I mean, that, we, we talk about goalkeepers now, and people will debate them. Lots of people like consistent clean sheets and just goalkeepers that will get the, the six points, and others are happier to mess around and maybe take a, a couple of one or two point weeks for those four or five points where they, they will make a string of, a string of important saves. 
Exactly. And I think as well, just as other things, it's really worth going onto the FPL site and just looking through the bonus points system and how it's calculated. You know, you'll see how, you know, important things like missing a shot can be towards a player's potential for bonuses. You know, if you've got a player, I mean, I think Salah is a good example, actually, at at Liverpool. He has recorded bonuses so far this season, but I don't think he's recorded anywhere near as many bonus points as you'd think he would have because he has this tendency to miss the target. He has this tendency to to have key opportunities um, and particularly big chances that he misses. And that does a lot of damage to his potential for bonus points. Whereas when you're looking towards some of his teammates, you know, Coutinho's played two games so far. Um, one of them was obviously sort of a fairly drab game against Burnley. But in his second match against Leicester, he's already managed to get himself onto the score sheet and gotten himself bonuses already. So I think you need to be, I think realistically, you know, that's the other thing to think about is you know when you're thinking about those midfielders look at people who are likely to complete passes because that's going to help them in the bonus stakes and if you're looking towards strikers think about people who can add a creative element to their game Lukaku he's obviously scoring loads it's very hard not to recommend Romelu Lukaku as it stands but there are other forwards you know like like Jesus for example who although he missed out last week he has been both decent in front of goal and he's also been quite creative so he tends to actually get himself into the bonus mix fairly often too mm. bonus points mix always kind of it, it for me it always boils down to either Christian Eriksen or Deli Ali um, Deli Ali might be more exciting um, and and might will we'll probably score more goals in a season but Bonus points wise, Christian Eriksen doesn't try as many take ons, doesn't try to beat as many players, and lose, therefore doesn't lose the ball as much. So his bonus point scoring is always a lot more consistent. Yeah, exactly. Good. Glad you agree. Um, shall we uh, move on to this weekend's fixtures and have a little bit of a preview? Let's go for Just it. To kind of talk through. Um, let's start with Manchester United, as you were talking about Romelu Lukaku. Um, I mean, Crystal Palace at home on the face of it is a really tasty game, but there is an argument that actually, if you've got a free transfer, think about using it now because United's fixtures do get a little bit tasty after this. Yeah, I think it's. I, I think we, we we've been doing. I think again, our, our tips for the set pieces. I think I've described this as sort of a potential calm before the storm. I think United's fixtures really do start. Uh, I mean, United have benefited from a, what has been a relatively simplistic start to the season, and they are now about to enter a period where the likes of Liverpool, Spurs, Chelsea suddenly appear in the next five. According to the fixture difficulty rating, they are rated as having the third most difficult set of fixtures, which means you do need to be aware up you know how much value you're going to be getting off United now in a favor is the fact that they've obviously been performing spectacularly well recently you know even midweek CSKA Moscow tricky away game they've got themselves a 4-1 win there um, they've been seemingly racking up 4-0 four and um, four goal hauls throughout the entire time and fancy managers have been trusting United players as a result of that three of the four most popular players in FPL are United players there's Lukaku leading the way with 57% De Gea is on 34% and then Mkhitaryan is the fourth most popular player back I think a little bit closer to 30% and I think what I'd be recommending is this week stick with them it's Crystal Palace at home Crystal Palace still haven't scored Um, they look completely bereft of confidence and I think it's very difficult to do anything except for bet you know that you know there could be a big United win this week 
But then I think next week, I think it's then about looking ahead to what, what the fixtures open up towards. I think in particular for someone like Lukaku, you know, he's he's vastly popular. Um, but my top scoring week, I think so far this season, I didn't have him in my side. I had Aguero. And obviously Aguero, as we get onto City and Chelsea, is not going to necessarily be an option because of the fact that he's going, he, he's uh, managed to injure himself seemingly in the car crash uh, earlier this morning. But I think when you look at players like, for example, Alvaro Morata, and you look at the relative ease of Chelsea's fixtures after this game against City, and then obviously look, look at players like Harry Kane who are coming into form, and even the likes of Alexis Sanchez, uh, Felipe Coutinho, Eden Hazard, who are coming into the midfield, who you're going to need to find money from somewhere to be able to afford them. I think you start looking at someone like Lukaku at 11.7 million, and you look at his sort of, you know, slightly shaky record against the top teams, and I think it's worth asking the question about him mm. yeah I, I I tend to agree I, I think especially looking at this weekend I'm kind of musing over my own team and Phil Jones has as a knock so he's a major doubt for the game and with the fixtures are upcoming I'm I th- I'm thinking I'm going to just um, twist and, and get rid uh, now ahead of the Palace game um, although yeah. and now I'm tweaking around with it I might actually just leave him in he doesn't play I'll have somebody else coming off the bench this is there's too many decisions uh, Chelsea versus Man City is the big game of the weekend um, there was one I guess we shy away from in terms of fantasy is there's no way to fully know where this is going both teams are in pretty decent nick yeah both teams are in good nick um, there's also mitigating factors against both teams that really sort of question you know there's there's no one here who you sort of say is an outstanding favourite you know City obviously I think have, have been the team to watch so far this season they've been keeping an incredibly large number Hey I'm Ryan Reynolds at Mint Mobile we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Number of clean sheets as well as scoring consistently. But Aguero's injury plus the injury to Benjamin Mendy means that City are going to have to shuffle the shuffle the pack a little bit. And this means, you know, if, for example, Fabian Delph was playing at left back um, against Shakhtar Donetsk earlier this week. You know, that might work in a, in a match like that, home Champions League tie where, where City are favourites. But in a game where, you know, Delph will probably be going up against someone like Azpilicueta, potentially Azpilicueta and Moses on that right-hand side, you know, and then obviously players coming out from the centre of midfield. I think there is a chance that, that Chelsea will, will be able to create opportunities down that flank. And on the flip side of it, you know, Chelsea, you know, they got a stupendous result midweek against um, Atletico Madrid, a 2-1 away win, thoroughly deserved. Um, there's lots of pros in the Chelsea column as well. You know, Morata's now got himself four goals in his last two away appearances. Eden Hazard uh, made his first, I think, sort of real start of the season, uh, got himself an assist and generally looked really dangerous. And, you know, I've already mentioned, you know, Azpilicueta earlier in the show, but I think they've just simply got the question mark of they had a really big game in midweek uh, away from home and they're now following up with a game against one of their major rivals. I think it's just one of those games where if you've got a City player, if, for example, at this moment you're sitting and you've got, say, Gabriel Jesus up front and you've got Alvaro Morata or one or the other, essentially, I probably wouldn't 
do anything else about it. I mean, I think it's reasonable to expect both sides to score. Um, and I think they'd both be reasonable candidates to score. But I, I certainly wouldn't be using that this week as the one to jump on either team's bandwagon. I mean, what I'd be saying is is looking towards, say, the next game week when Lukaku um, starts becoming less attractive and then looking towards whoever's leading the line. Because if Aguero is out for a while, that is obviously going to boost Joseph's prospects massively. Um, and similarly, if Morata continues to perform as, as he's performing, he, he's looking like he could prove to be you know one of those essential picks. So... I'd say uh, in terms of this one for fantasy managers, I think just enjoy it. I think just enjoy the game and just don't worry too much about the points. Yeah, it's it's hope for the best. If it comes off, it comes off. If it doesn't, I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah, exactly. It's just a big game. Uh, let's move just down to Watford, who, when you look at the league table, are the kind of surprise team. Um, I suppose that they're in sixth and, and everybody around them are the, the big expensive uh, rich clubs is who has been driving that is there a particular group of players we've mentioned Gomez before we mentioned Kiko yeah. are they the, the players you'd look at especially against West Brom I think they're, they're some of the players that I'd look at against West Brom you know West Brom have, have not exactly been prolific this season and I think one of the big things for West Brom so far is they've really not scored many goals from set pieces you know like last season that was I think a third of their goals essentially came from corners um, and this season although Higazi obviously did score that header on the opening day of the season they, they haven't been able to convert that into a a threat yet and that has meant that they've just simply not been scoring many at all so for Watford when you're looking at the fact that they've been relatively well organized that game against City aside which you know I think tells you a lot more about City's prospects than Watford you look at a player like Kiko Femenia at 4.5 million um, as a rotational option coming off the bench you know, it's very hard not not to look in that kind of direction. But I, I'd also look further forwards as well. You know, Richarlison um, from the midfield, you know, he managed to get himself another goal last week against Swansea. Um, he's generally looked very dangerous. And in terms of his price tag, you know, hovering around that six million mark, that is an option coming off the bench that I think is well worth exploring. And then I think further up front, I mean, Andre Gray got on the score sheet for the first time as well in the last fixture. And for any manager at the moment in time who's starting to look I think as, as I am at the moment towards the return of expensive midfielders like Alexis Sanchez, like Eden Hazard and like Coutinho, once you start considering that you need to free up budget for those, you start wondering whether you really want an expensive third striker or if you're looking for a cheaper striker, someone like an Andre Gray, who I think is pegged around 6.5 million and seeing if you can use the saving there to help you bring in one of those elite midfield picks. Because I think that that's going to potentially be one of the bigger stories over October is how these players return to the fold. So I think um, something along those lines could well be worth considering. Mm, I think with, with Hazard and Sanchez, they're going to take a while to get going and it's it, you can be a bit patient on, on grabbing them in. But come November and especially December, when they are a lot fresher than, than the players around them, will be when they start to clean up and you'll get you could get left behind if you don't have them in your side. That's it. And I think one of the big things to mention about those three players is their ownerships. You know, Coutinho is the most owned of them at about six percent. But Eden Hazard's ownership at the moment is only three percent and Alexis Sanchez is two and a half percent. So if one of them, for example, you know, Sanchez had had that game against West Ham last year where he scored a hat trick, um, that obviously benefited a huge number of managers. But if you're perhaps feeling a touch brave 
um, and are willing to back one of those players relatively early, there is a possibility there for you to get a little bit of a differential edge. But that does mean you're going to have to put a little bit of faith in them and you're going to have to rely upon them essentially being, being picked all the time, which I think with someone like Coutinho or Hazard, I think is less of a worry. With Sanchez, with the sort of situation that he's in or asked at the moment, there's a bit more of a question mark. Um, speaking of Coutinho and, and Liverpool, um, that the clash on Sunday away at Newcastle isn't the kind of game that I think Jurgen Klopp would want, given the relative struggles of his side. They haven't been been bad; they're just not maybe winning the games that they would be expected to. Yeah, I think that's fair, and I think it's it's one of those things where where it poses quite a difficulty for for fancy managers because on the one hand, Liverpool aren't winning the games, and Anyone who's looking towards Liverpool defensive picks is, you know, taking a risk. Essentially, they they do not look solid enough to actually pick up any meaningful clean sheets. But at the other side and at the other end of, of proceedings, they still are scoring. And I think there's still, even in a game against Newcastle, who've been proven to be pretty defensively tight, I think there's still opportunities. But the question is who's going to be set to benefit and to what extent Liverpool benefit as well. You know, one goal again, away against Newcastle when that side is probably going to include Firmino, Salah, Mane, Coutinho, probably like in the league for the first time this season, you know, really properly fielding that front four. If they're not scoring prolifically this weekend, you could be committing a lot of cash potentially for someone who's not necessarily going to deliver much for a turn. I mean, for me, that's that's the reason why I tipped Roberto Firmino as one to potentially take out of your fantasy team this week. He's, he's still in mine um, and he's obviously managed to get himself two goals and, and two assists this season, but he hasn't returned in a while. He costs 8.5 million and you know, I'm just not sure. It's, it's, it's a very difficult fixture to call and I think Liverpool have that... Um, streakiness again you know I've used that before in reference to my own, own performance so far but there's just this feeling that they are the kind of team who could easily blow aside like Newcastle away or they could struggle to a frustrating draw so it's one of those things where I feel as if you should probably be looking to have one player in your side just as a backup option but not necessarily looking towards them as your, your chief point scorer that's fair and Arsenal also playing on Sunday and um, Welcome Brighton to the Emirates, I think. Yeah, I just had a panic there that they weren't at home. Um, <laughs> they probably should have too much for them. Brighton have been better in the last few weeks, but aren't shouldn't be too much of a threat, really, should they? No, and I, I, I feel as if, you know, looking at Arsenal and looking at their performance on Monday when Lacazette got himself a brace, I think you're looking towards players like Lacazette, who I think are going to start scoring consistently. It seems as if... And, you know, it's it's not as if Arsenal seem to be a club that's sort of a perpetually in crisis. But for this moment in time, the sort of the crisis seems to have or it, it feels as if Liverpool are the kind of club who people are focusing on, which means that you might not be noticing, say, that Lacazette is not that widely owned. Um, but has managed to score four goals this season. Um, you know, you may be looking at someone like Sanchez and going too expensive, but equally he has returned to the fold and he has been starting and scoring. Um, and you might also be looking towards players like Kalasinac, you know, who, who who are providing consistency at the back and I think are going to be relatively well-placed to keep a clean sheet against Brighton, who, despite the fact that they have started scoring, they still look relatively toothless, say, compared to the top sides in the league. Mm. That Arsenal midfield has been weird so far from a point scoring point of view that they've, they've only got two players with over 20 points um, in Ramsey and Shaq and some of that is well back playing in kind of a, a midfield role but 
Yeah, it's it's a slightly strange one that I'm not sure where, other than Sanchez, who the who my standout picks in my mind would be from there. Yeah, exactly. I feel as if I mean it's they, they've got this similar thing to Chelsea in terms of their midfield is that the majority of Chelsea's midfield like Kante, Bakayoko, they're never going to score consistently because they're essentially providing the, the defensive structure. But there's a couple of roaming forwards. Um, you know, last season obviously it was Hazard and Pedro. You know, alongside Costa. Um, and I think when, in the case of Arsenal, they also are playing a relatively similar system with kind of roaming forwards. But instead of them being drawn from the midfield category, I think, like you say, it's someone like Welbeck who's being drawn from the forwards. So I think you've got to just look at those two teams and, and make a decision on, on that kind of basis. Mm. Um, moving kind of slightly further on the, the league, and um, Jamie Vardy is somebody that you, you quite fancy with Leicester away at Bournemouth. Yeah, I think Leicester actually have uh, the fourth best run of fixtures in in the coming five. I know that Vardy missed a penalty last time out, but he's already scored five this season. Um, That's near enough half the the amount that he returned last time out. Um, I've generally been quite impressed with Leicester, actually, this season. I know they're sitting just outside the relegation zone, but again, I think that's a reflection of the fact that they've had pretty tricky fixtures. And considering I think they've already got themselves something like nine goals in the league this season in six matches, despite those matches, including the likes of Chelsea, uh, Man United, Liverpool. It's like, I think that that's testament to, the, to their danger. Um, and I'd say that Vardy is, is the sort of player who I picked out because at 8.5 million, he's still fairly cheap. And, you know, can offer sort of an interesting option in comparison to, say, a Lacazette. Um, but I think there's other players who you might want to consider as well. Uh, Shinji Okazaki, he doesn't play four matches, but 5.5 million. And the fact that he's gotten three goals already this season. Um, and the fact that he seems to be Vardy's favourite strike partner. I think that offers a potential chance for a short-term bargain. And if you're wanting to perhaps risk something a little bit more, Riyad Mahrez. You know, he's, he's pretty close to achieving the number of assists that he achieved last season. Um, he's not widely picked. Picked, and with Leicester's fixtures starting to open up, and I think particularly with Vardy missing that penalty, you know, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see Mares both assisting and potentially being shifted onto penalties too. Mm. Um, I'm going to go through the other fixtures in the league. I'm going to ask you to give me one player in each one that you think will score well or, or be the, the top performer in each one. And I haven't sure. warned you were doing this. No uh, so Ev- Everton, Burnley. Everton Burnley, oof, that's a tricky one. Um, just straight off the bat, with probably the most difficult one there. Um, <laughs> I don't know who's off those teams. I think I would probably err uh, towards more sort of the Burnley defensive picks. You know, I'd be looking again towards your sort of Stephen Ward's four point five million. Everton have been a touch toothless this season, and I think that they could go for a shutout. But if you wanted to see, if you wanted to be watching out for something in particular, um, Everton had um, another poor performance in the Europa League, but they improved considerably last night when the youngster Nikola Vlasic came on. He's a midfielder. They signed him from Hajduk Split. He's under twenty. Um, and he's well-priced in fancy football, so keep an eye out on him. Uh, West Ham against Swansea? Uh, I'd probably look towards the strikers. I'd look towards Javier Hernandez. I know that he's playing sort of in a slightly weird position out on the left at the moment, which I think shows that Slavon Village has lost it a little bit. Um, but he has scored three in, in six appearances. And I think similarly look towards um, Tammy Abraham and Wilfred Bonney. Abraham was, was on the bench last week but came on off it to score. Um, and Bonnie started but didn't particularly do anything but they're all cheap and they could offer sort of an interesting alternative to an expensive striker Stoke against Southampton 
I, that looks like a defensive um, match up there. That that looks like the kind of game to look towards. Maybe Jack Butland in goal for Stoke, and then for Southampton, I think you know you're probably looking towards your your Cedric, um, you know your your classic sort of relatively cheap defensive pick. And finally, Huddersfield, the the early kickoff, Huddersfield host Tottenham Hotspur. I think it'd be very difficult to go against Harry Kane, really, you know, after that, that midweek hat trick away from home as well. Um, I think if you're betting against Harry Kane at this moment in time, you're being a very brave man. But then I can also, but in a fancy terms, I think there's an understandable reason to bet against Kane if you believe that you can invest, you know, his expensive price tag better elsewhere, say across two really good strikers instead of one. Mm. Um, I am not going to play my wildcard this week. I'm going to hold off and play it next week. However, I need to get rid of Kevin De Bruyne. I've decided yeah. I want to remove him. Who do I look to replace? Do you think it's a Deli Ali kind of replacement, Mkhitaryan, or even one of De Bruyne's teammates in, in David Silva? I mean, I would probably look for um, silver for De Bruyne. I mean, I'm working, I'm operating on a kind of personal theory of I want one player from the top six in uh, each of sort of my midfield and attacking slots each week, ideally, which is tricky to do because of obviously they're, they're expensive costs. But I think David Silva offers you that relatively cheap option to get there. Good, fine. Um, I think that kind of covers us off. Um, before we go, just a quick reminder that we are giving away three books from Ockley Books to the top three in our mini league, and this is the final week, game week seven. So the top three um, come Monday morning uh, will be uh, the prize winners. George is currently fourth in the league, and I'm saying now you're not allowed to win a prize. I don't know if we confirmed that before, but that's fair. That's fair. To win. Um, so it might be whoever's in the top four should George have another eighty point week. Uh, but yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, should you want to get in touch, get yourself signed up and following us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, all with the username 3 bonus PTS. Um, we can answer any questions that you've got or, well, George can answer it and I'll throw out some silly advice. Um, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can also email us, show at 3 bonuspointscom uh, with any questions, queries or, or suggestions. Until next week, good luck. <laughs>